Welcome to episode 100 of Auto Off Topic. Did you say 100? Yes, 100. I can't believe uh, people still listen. Uh, do they? We don't really know. I'm not sure. Yeah, could just be talking to dead air. Who cares? I don't care. Nope. No problem. At least one person a week says they listen. Yeah. That's enough for me. So, episode 100. <laughs> now yeah. we're going to do sound the effects. The episode we start the soundboard. <laughs> Please don't start the soundboard. I, I don't know. I just felt like it needed a slide whistle. Well, you're all lucky because that's the only special event we have planned for the 100th episode. Yep. That's it. So we were hoping that we could coincide this with a cool trip or something else we were doing or anything. But it just doesn't work out that way in life sometimes. So stay tuned for episode 150 where we have a super special episode planned for you. Or 200. But I do. If we'd ha- miss 150, yes. I do have great news. Incredible news? Yes. The WRX set evap readiness. Did you get a sticker yet? Not yet. Come back and tell me when you got a sticker. All right. Fair enough. That is great news, though. I swapped the vent valve. That's all it was? The that's whole all, time? The whole, that's all it was. How much did that part cost? $60. You dummy. Yeah, but there's like a million parts of the evap system. I suppose. You have like $1,000 worth of labor into it if you were paying somebody to yeah. do it, though, trying yeah. to find the leak. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it was. Apparently, I'm just waiting for the cats to set readiness now. So, oh, so it's not ready yet. Well, EVAP is ready. Well, the and cats the check engine light is not on. Okay, right now, there's still time. Yes, message Andrew tomorrow at noontime when he's gone below three quarters of a tank. Oh no, it's been it's. I already went through like a whole tank of fuel and it didn't come on. So oh, excellent. I think I'm in the clear. This is good news. It's very good news. It would be nice to have a sticker finally. It would be nice. Yeah. It's only been almost a year. Yeah. 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 It'll be a year in October. So, yeah, like ten months. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you cheated the state out of a sticker for a year. I paid oh, no, thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You had to pay it again too because it's been way too long, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. So I actually got an extra thirty-five bucks out of you this yeah. year. Yeah. Bastards. Whatever. It's a dumb thing, anyways. And then the car will be exempt. No, it's dumb for people like us. It's not dumb for people who don't pay attention to their car at all. It's true. It's nice for people to know when their ball joints are going or the tires are bad because they're not very smart. Or not very car savvy, I should say. Yeah. But really, I mean smart. So, also, uh, other project car updates. I installed IPF fog lights in the Montero. They are like, uh, they're like the same size as the Hello 500s. But mm-hmm. they're way brighter. Even though they're 55 watts, there's just something about them. They're just way brighter. Okay. I Maybe seen it's just them yet, the reflector actually. style. I'll show them to you after the podcast. Are they a driving light or a fog light? They are a driving light. Okay. I keep saying fog lights, but they're driving pattern. Well, no, beam. I mean they're universally known as fog lights. Yeah. People don't call them driving lights. Yeah. They're driving lights with a yellow beam. Uh, the coolest thing. I did record it, so I'm going to try to make it in the garage episode out of it oh that's cool i did not know you recorded it um the coolest thing was i think not there yeah you were away and we'll get to that hmm. was that this past weekend yeah oh, i feel like it was before that nope all right uh the coolest thing is they have a remote and i didn't have to run wires into the cabin yeah, for but a switch. carry a battery to turn them on and off no it's a it's a 2032 watch battery so it'll last yeah. probably a year okay and then when you go turn your fog lights on oh my battery's dead so what it's an easy it's it's a remote ba- uh, battery. It's wicked easy to get. I don't know. To me, it seemed kind of gimmicky. Uh, well, 
That truck's kind of hard to run wires into the cabin, so it was easy. Okay. Because it was a pain in the butt to run the power wire into the cabin from a ham radio, so that I did before the rally. Well, let it slide. What friend of the podcast is selling his Gen two and a half. Yeah. If anybody wants one, just like Andrews. Actually, his has a cool ARB bumper. It's got a lot of cool stuff. And actually. a front it's, air locker. It's got front and rear air front and rear air lockers. Yeah. And a bunch of other cool parts. Yeah. Different gear set and smaller crawling gear, I think, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh yeah, I forgot pretty, about that. It's a pretty setup truck. Yeah. But yeah, if anybody wants a Gen two and a half Montero, we have a friend selling a really nice one. From Colorado, so it was rust free. It's from Arizona, then moved to Colorado. Yeah. And he's only been in Massachusetts for like a minute. Yeah. So. And I don't think he'd use it in the winter anyways. He hasn't even owned it in the winter. He's no, it for but I don't month. think he yeah. would <laughs> anyways, so. Yeah, no, he bought it and decided it wasn't for him, but there's nothing actually wrong with the truck. It's actually an awesome truck. No, he's more of a first-gen guy because he likes his Delica and yep. the first-gen Montero, so. So, anyway, if anybody's interested, not to turn this into a sales pitch, but I want to see somebody we know get that truck. That's a cool truck. Yeah. Uh, I went to Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee on Sunday. Excellent. Nice little decent turnout. That was the one in Salem, New Hampshire at the mm-hmm. Coffee Factory. The one that our name is officially attached to? Yes. Uh, so Official the, sponsors of? So the next one is going to be August 12th, but that's in Derry, New Hampshire at the Coffee Factory. Okay. The uh, Coffee Factory's other location or one of their other locations. Yeah. If you just go on Facebook and look up Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, it has all the event information and the address for the place that's mm-hmm. the easiest way to get it yep um so yeah that went on and uh where do you go over the weekend brad uh a little car museum called the peterson interesting we talked about the peterson on the very first episode and now here we are at 100 still doing the same thing over and over again because we keep going to the peterson <laughs> i mean it's probably the coolest museum i thought about bringing back craig craig don't tell me Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that game we played like twice. I think maybe only the first episode. I thought it was like twice. Because it was a Maxima, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah, I think it was. Anyway. Yeah, no, the museum is amazing, as always. Um, I didn't go there to go to the museum. I went there to go to a friend's wedding. Um, but it was aptly timed because the museum's exhibits right now are directly linked to my interests. They have three separate exhibits going on. Actually, four, but three of them are of uh, direct interest to me. They had the um, Porsche exhibit, which is everything from legitimately the first Porsche, like the first one ever, uh, up through a Carrera GT and some of the new uh, hybrid electric race cars. Um, And they had the, I'm going to butcher the name of it, Montezuri. What's that? Exhibit. That's all Japanese cars. Why is it called that? So I looked it up earlier because I knew you were going to ask, and then I left my laptop at my house, not to not bring it with me. Um, but it means something about like uh, mechanical, building things mechanical in Japanese. Um, it's not like, like Kaizen. That's usually like that, but no. What's that? Kaizen is like constant improvement in japanese oh really yeah that's what that means no this is um mono zukuri okay mono zukuri uh it means in japanese the art 
science and craft of making things. Oh. So that's what they called this exhibit of... Well, that makes sense. ...Japanese car history. Um, and the whole thing is that, you know, Japanese cars are so ubiquitous now... Yep. ...that Peterson thought it'd be time to kind of delve into the history of and kind of see how we got to where we are. Because most Americans don't think Japanese cars existed prior to the 80s. No. Because we didn't have that many of them and they didn't see that many of them. Or a lot of the ones they did see were just rebadged as American cars. That's right. See Dodge Colts. Um, so there was a... Always comes around to Colts. Yeah. Well, hey. Gotta try, right? There was at least two rooms dedicated to that. Uh, one of them was the big um, gallery room, where they had the silver room before, and they've had all Ferraris in there before. Mm-hmm. And so it was neat to see... So the whole room, Japanese stuff? Vintage Japanese stuff. I think the newest car in there was like a 67. Um, it was really neat, though, to see where the 57 Testarossa had been sitting like uh, 1958 Mitsubishi 500. Like occupying the same space that they had once reserved for a $30 million Ferrari. Um, to tell you the kind of pull that this museum has, a lot of these 50s and 60s Japanese cars were actually owned by the automakers themselves uh, and are normally on display in the automakers' home country museums in Japan. So Mitsubishi actually owns that 58-500. Suzuki had a 55, I'm going to forget the the model name. It's an alphanumeric name. Yeah. Um, It was on loan from Suzuki. Um, Nissan had a Prince Skyline Michelotti Coupe on display there, which is designed by Michelotti in Italy. And it's a huge two-door four-cylinder car from 63 i want to say it's gorgeous very american influenced styling candid headlights like a chrysler mm-hmm. um and then the italian coach built kind of sidelines on it just stunning beautiful car i never thought i'd see something like that in my life what in um, person so was the mitsubishi was that their first like uh K car. It was their first successful yeah. uh, passenger car. It was the first that really got them on the map as a passenger car producing company. Okay. Um, it was at that point there was oh I'm going to screw up the history and I don't want to screw up the history. There was separation from Mitsubishi Heavy Industries at the time. Well, the, it was post-war, so they broke. They broke up Mitsubishi post-war. They they had to. Yes. The Allies made them yes. because they were too powerful of a company. They wanted them broke up. Yeah. Um, so it was part of the passenger car division, which was not part of Heavy Industries at the time. And I think they didn't remerge them until 1970. Right again, back when the Colt came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going back to Colts again. Um, yeah, it was their first successful passenger car. They said the, the first passenger car was 1917. But the first successful passenger car would have been this car. Was Prince a separate company from Nissan? Prince was its own company that was later absorbed by Nissan. Interesting. So Nissan took the Skyline name with it. Prince made like kind of fancier. Not only that, they just made cars. They had a whole line of cars. Oh, okay. Not all big sedans. I mean, they had some good sized sedans, but they were just another another car maker that was absorbed by another car maker. So. Yeah. That was there. Um, another gentleman who we know who goes by the Instagram name Junkman. 
Mm -hmm. Had a couple of cars there. On display from his private collection, the uh, Mazda Luce, which is the only Mazda front-wheel drive rotary ever produced. That's a weird thing. So Yes, it is. Do you know if it's transverse or if it's longitudinal? You're asking the tough questions. No. Yeah, Junkman356. Look up his page. He has all the, the cool stuff in there. Um, I do not know, actually. Is it a manual can... transmission? It is a manual transmission car. Interesting. I mean, those were never sold here. Right? They were not. But, interestingly, they're another um, Japanese car designed by an Italian company. Well, they didn't really have, like, at the time, they didn't have established car design. Right. I mean, the Japanese, they needed to move quickly after World War II to build back up the country, and they kind of mimicked, I don't want to say they copied, they mimicked American designs, and then they outsourced when they needed more beautiful designs and went to Italy. I mean, that's what everybody, well, we've said this before, when you want a pretty car... You go to Italy, and then when you want a reliable car, you get Japanese underpinnings. Right. So that was a Japanese car, um, the only front-wheel drive rotary by Mazda. Famously also, obviously, NSU made a front-wheel drive rotary, the RO80. I didn't um, know that. But this was designed by uh, Gigario? Uh, Gigaro? Gigaro. Gigaro? Gigaro. Yeah. Gigaro. Um, he was the designer of the car, but at the time, there's a Bertoni emblem on the car because he was working for Bertoni before he went out on his own. Wild. And he designed the car, the Luce, which is Italian for light, I think, according to the little plaque that was placed next to it. Hmm. I don't know exactly if it was considered a lightweight, but yep. I know they made like 800 of them. There weren't that many made, and they're very rare today, especially. Oh, you told me they had the um, James Bond 2000 GT They had convertible. two 2000 GTs. Yeah. Um, they had a standard, you know, as standard as a 2000 GT can be. The white coupe. A white coupe that's Which always in the museum. seen there before, mm -hmm. yeah. It belongs to the museum. Yeah. Um, and then they had, uh, on loan from another collection, the one of two made for, which Bond movie was that? It is, um, is it The Spy Who Loved Me? It's, it's the one where he has to go undercover as an Asian man. And they make him look more Asian. And that sounds like it would never fly today. No, it's <laughs> it has not aged well. Uh, it's you only all. live twice. You only live twice. That's that's why they call it that. Actually, now that I, now you say that, it's because in the beginning of the movie, 007 is quote unquote killed, and then turned into a, a racist copy of. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not a great movie. It's like actually, it's the movie where like. A lot of the Doctor Evil stuff from Austin Powers comes from because mm -hmm. it's it that they have that character. It's the the guy who played Kojak is the bad guy. Okay, I I don't remember his name. He's just the bald actor from the seventies, and he's wearing like the silver suit, and they have the cat, and their lair is in a volcano with a false roof, and it's just so nineteen sixties spy action movie. It's completely over the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 2000 GT is the prettiest car ever made, I think. That's definitely up there. If it's not the prettiest, it's pretty, certainly pretty close. Which it's really just a mimic 
of an E-type. So I don't know what's... I think it pulls it off better than an E-type, personally. Hot take. I mean, that's... I like the E-type. Maybe it's because I'm more used to seeing the E-type, too. Like the E-type is so much more common of a car to see, because they made so many more of them. They did. But, I don't know. But anyway, they had two, so two of those, the factory coupe and one of the two convertibles made for the movie. Um, I can sit here and list off cars all day long, because there are just so many of them sure. there. I mean, <laughs> you owe it yourself to get to the museum before the exhibit goes away. I think it's over in September. Oh, I think. I or is it September of 2019? I don't think I'm getting to California. Oh, I, yeah, I feel like they just started it. So usually they it go for just started in May. Yeah. So maybe it's September of next year. I feel like they were getting ready for the Porsche one when we were there. Well, we took the, vault, we took the vault tour in December, and there were a bunch of Porsches that were already downstairs in the vault that we heard about. Yeah. A lot of those are now upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first 901, yeah. which is the first 911. So you didn't bother with the vault tour again, because you just I did done not. it. Yeah, we just done it. And, I, and they've I changed it, too. They reorganized it, too. So Well, they make it a two-step thing now. There's one vault tour. It's $25 a ticket and like an hour, and one vault tour. It's like $35 a ticket in like two hours. So I'm oh, not sure what the okay. difference is. Well, yeah, because it it took more than like it felt like they were, they had to like rush through stuff. Oh, for sure. Because there's just so much down there, and you're standing for like a long time down there. But April of nineteen. All right, all right. That's when it goes to. So you have all a right. chance. I have a chance to get out there. Yeah. Now that's definitely one of the best places to visit if you're a car enthusiast and you're in LA. Definitely go to the Peterson. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it, no matter what the exhibit is, there's going to be enough. Even if the exhibit is like your most hated car ever, um, it could be like, they're like, oh, the PT Cruiser exhibit. Still go to the museum because everything else in the museum is awesome. Well, they have the actual A car from Back to the Future. So many movie which cars. Which I don't get sick of looking at. Yeah, so many movie cars. Um, what Was there anything else notable for Japanese stuff? I mean, everything old and Japanese is notable to me. Okay. They had the 33 Toyota. Model A, which is awesome. Which, interestingly enough, interest, interestingly enough, the sign placed next to it was incorrect. Really? It said it was the 36 Datsun, and I was very upset, and I pointed it out to a security guard. Oh. Because it has to be changed before everybody gets wrong information. Excuse me, sir. Yes. <laughs> this plaque is incorrect. Yes. Worst and- exhibit <laughs> ever. Anyway, um... I'm assuming somebody just changed them with a Datsun that was parked there. Probably. So, a cleaning crew or something, I guess, maybe. What about the Porsche stuff? Well, to finish off the Japanese stuff, Okay. before we get down to the Porsche stuff, All right. they had a second hall that was modified Japanese cars. Ooh. Um, and there was, I don't know if you've ever seen, it's a pretty, I don't know, well-known car, the Ken Mary Skyline. Um they have a deep burgundy red with big bubble flares. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yep, I think the guy's Instagram name that owns it is Boso Pat. Is it one of the um, aces? Wild cards. Wild cards. Yeah, I knew it's something with poker there. cards. Wild cards. Yeah. Yes, it's one of those cars. Okay. Um, that car it takes center stage in that room because it's obviously very impressive looking, laid out in the ground with those big flares and deep yeah. wheels. And it's like correct to that genre of modifying. Yes. It's just Bozozuku? It's not quite Bozozuku. It's somewhere in between that and. Um, it's like street a style. Car. It's yeah. something. There's a name for it, though. 
Hayashi? No, Hayashi's a wheel. Hayashi's a wheel. Shakatan meant low. God, there's another name for that style, but it's not Bosozoku. Yeah, people are screaming okay. at us. Probably not. Shokatan. It's a really obscure thing to get angry Shokatan? about. Shokatan? No, Shakatan means Shokatan. low. So any car that's low is Shakatan. Okay. And Bosozoku is the it's huge over the pipes top. and way over the top, and this is a little bit more subtle than that. There was a name for it, but... I do not remember what it was. Uh, but also in that room is, um, do you remember from the early days of Sport Compact magazine um, when import drag racing was just getting its start? Yeah. And they had the AEM Honda Civic. Yeah, that was the first like front-wheel drive car to do like 10 seconds or something, right? I think it was nines or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, Papadakis was the driver. I don't remember the driver's name. But... Yep, so that car is still intact, and it was on display in that room. And that was kind of cool to see. Even it's cool. Even not... Well, it's cool because it's like a big, it's very important to Southern California. Yes. And it's very uh, important to the import cars in general because that was when people started to like stand up and take notice. Yeah. And that was like Hondas were a big deal at the time. I I feel like they probably still are, but. We're just not in that no anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see many. Well, back in 1999, 2000, 2001, our only intake of anything Japanese or anything import related was Sport Compact Car. Yeah. So whatever they wrote an article about, we learned about. Yeah. And so we knew a lot at the time about import drag racing, which today doesn't interest me one bit. Yeah. Not that it ever really did, but it was always interesting to me that these outsiders were building these front-wheel drive drag cars with big fat slicks I know they front. still do it a lot around here, so it's oh, still sure. very popular. I just not, sure. not into it. And I do occasionally, just the street that I live on, I, I hear Hondas go by mm-hmm. every now and then. Yeah, for sure. Some better than others. Another cool one um, was the 91, I want to say, Civic. Uh, Blanc de Jonathan Wong. He's the old editor of Super Street. Okay. Um, it's all done totally period correct, totally Kanjo racer style. Oh, okay. I think I know the car. The baby blue one. Kind of a light metallic yeah. blue. It's got like Weds super fins or whatever yep. on it. It's a really, really well done car. That's really, really cool that, yeah. that they have these type of cars in the museum. Yeah, no, it's really cool to see them in there. It's cool that they're like, you know, they're not being like an old stuffy museum. Like there are mm-hmm. people there that are into... There are probably people there that are working there in their 30s mm-hmm. to 40s that remember these cars when they were new and or when they were popular yeah. and attainable and realizing that they are uh, something that should be appreciated. Yep. And like we've been saying for a long time, the whole Japanese car thing in general is starting to come around finally. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have the blue chip cars like the million dollar 2000 GTs and whatnot, but you know, your average Mazda 3 now is Mazda RX-3. Um, is a $20,000 car all of a sudden. So it's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. A nice first-gen Celica is 10 to 20 grand, and stuff's going up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. never going to be a million-dollar car, but it's certainly going in the right direction. And they uh, had a cool display with a lot of the history that you didn't know about or a lot of people don't know about. You know, even if you or I were aware of, you know, that Skyline or the Mitsubishi 500 most of the general public in America is not. Mm-hmm. Um, Porsche exhibit, dollar for dollar, like car value-wise, was obviously a lot fancier than the Japanese exhibit was because they had Porsches. They had a um, nine, 
what's the 911, like 930 real wide, big wing on the back? 935? 935. They had one of the, a Kremer 935 race car that was there. Um, I think it's Kramer. Whatever. I don't know the numerical designations of the modern Porsche race cars. Is it nine? They're all nine something. What's the, which one are you talking about? It was a red, um, like 24-hour Le Mans car. One of the modern cars? A brand new car, like would have run last year. They would. I think they're like a 918 or a 919. Okay, it was one of those. <laughs> um, there was an all-white 956, which is the 80s endurance racing car. Mm-hmm. No livery on it at all. And then next to that, they had another power plant for a 956, which is just impressive on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the 928 Estate, which is like a station wagon 928 that they made one of Weird. as like a design concept Weird. made by Porsche. That was there. Um, like I said, the first 911 ever. Um, when it was called 901 mm-hmm. before Peugeot sued them because Peugeot said they owned <clears throat> the rights to all three-digit numerical car names with, with a zero, zero in the, the middle. middle yeah. yeah. So, so we learned in the vault tour. Yep, so Porsche was like, all right, cool, whatever. Actually, you learned that in the vault tour? You asked the question, and I got it right, if you remember correctly. I I yeah. should have got it right because <laughs> I had been on the similar vault tour before without you. Oh, okay. And the, do you know the other Porsche naming um, debacle that they got into with no. the 356 Speedsters? Oh, no, the Continentals. Yeah, they originally called Continentals. No, that was just 356. I think it was the Speedsters. No, it didn't It didn't matter. It was just Continentals. Well, regardless, they called a car the Continental. Yeah. And, and Ford f- was like, wait a second. They yeah. call our Lincoln the Continental. You yeah. can't do that. So that got changed First years well. were Continentals, and then afterwards they were not. I did know I, I that. I could have sworn it was only those speedsters, though. No, because you could have a coupe that was Continental. That was a Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So confused. I didn't know what I was buying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe you're correct. It's the first Continental that comes up in pictures is a coupe. So. Yeah. I mean, that that's the other thing that's cool, too, is that... Um, yeah, coupes and, coupes and cabs. You know, Porsches are so important, too, to Southern California. Oh, yeah. They just... That's where they sold them first. Well, well, it's like York. it's like the number like Southern California is like number one, and then like to this day, and like South, Southern Florida, yeah, and then Germany, like yeah, to this day, <laughs> you've got like you know half of all, more than half are sold in Southern Florida and California. Well, Porsche sales in general in the United States wouldn't ever have started when they started if it wasn't for Max Hoffman. Yeah. Because he's the dealer who brought in all kinds of weird import cars. But it also has to do with the Southern California climate and the Southern Florida climate mm-hmm. lends itself well to, to these cars. cars 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is why, why do we live here again? I don't know. Yeah. But we do. Yeah. Stupidity. And here we've been. That's all there is to it. For 100 episodes. Stupidity. So anyway, they had the first 901, so the first 911, uh, which is remarkably similar to every 911 that came after it. Um, and they had the first Porsche ever, um, which the model name will pass me by. Gamun Coupe. There you go. Thank you. Which I actually got really angry standing next to because this, what? uh, we'll call her uncouth woman came in the room. Yeah. And she's walking by and she goes, that's a beetle. She's not wrong. She goes, that's just a beetle. Somebody modified a beetle. She's not wrong, actually. But it's way more significant than that. 
Uh, it's way more significant than that. Maybe. It's not just a Beetle. It's a priceless, like, the first Porsche ever. Look at what it started. Yeah. That's so just a Beetle. That, Somebody modified a Beetle. That might have been... Don't even look at that one. I The one there might have been Seinfeld's. I'm sure it was. The black one? <clears throat> it was black? It's literally the first car. It is the first Porsche. Black or silver? It's definitely black. The early, early cars were raw aluminum. They're hand-beaten. This car is black. Oh. Well, Seinfeld's... Maybe he owns this one too, but he has a raw aluminum Gamon Coupe that is on the cover of the book, uh, Genesis Genius. Yeah, this car is quite black. I'm trying to find the. I have that book upstairs, but. Um, yeah, so that sounds awesome. They, obviously, they cycled through um, the Lowrider exhibit, was there last. So. Correct, which is also something that's very cultural to Southern California. Yep. And something that has never been really appreciated before. Yep. You know, they are uh they're doing good work at the Peterson. Like No, they are. It's like the Louvre, but for cars. Yeah. I mean it's really the best of the best yep. goes there. So to have your car there or to have cars that we're into, um mm-hmm. is pretty amazing to see that. It certainly is. I'm really trying to find that first Porsche, but having a hard time. Yeah, we'll figure it out afterwards. Yeah, but then nobody can hear about it. So corrections. But I think um, I, th- I thought it was a silver cargo. I thought because I thought they were all raw aluminum, if I remember correctly. But anyway, so that means it's not a modified Beetle because the Beetles were not aluminum. Yeah, but they are based on Beetle underpinnings. I know. I know. I'm just, I, I was just incensed by Not what she was saying. Not far off. It just made me angry when she was just like ignoring it completely and walking by it to something else. It, it, it really was a Beetle at the time. It wasn't. Which is fine, but you can't overlook the significance of the vehicle. I mean, they're really just like a little Nazi wagon. I mean, what? Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Things people ignore about them. Well, we conveniently <laughs> ignore because it's not that important anymore to be I don't know anyway this is the car which I'm showing a picture of which translates very well over oh that's oh that's not a Gamon Coupe no it's not it's before that I don't know what that is then it's the first Porsche sports car it's like a weird scarab looking thing 1939 Porsche Type 64 yeah I mean, nothing bad happened in Germany in 1939. Nope. It's cool. It's very cool. <laughs> well, regardless, I, I'm, we have to separate ourselves from that part of the German history at the time. Sure. And just think about the cars. They were all on vacation. Yes. Anyway, anything else cool? Shall we move on? I think we might have to move on. I mean, the other, the other exhibit that was cool was the motorcycles. It was custom motorcycles throughout, you know, the years. So that was kind of neat. So was it choppers to custom sport bikes? Everything. Like, everything. Yeah, 100% everything. Everything from Roland Sands race bikes to, nice. Um, you know, cafe bikes to a BMW Salt Flats race bike. Cool. Just a bunch of cool stuff. So definitely go there. 
right now is probably one of the best times I've ever had at the museum. And I ignored a lot of the stuff that's there all the time because I've been there before. Like, I didn't even look at the movie cars. Yeah, how many times have you been there now? Four, four times? times? Five times, I think. Yeah, at least four. Yeah, I've been Every there. time I go to L.A., I make it a point to go. So Twice Five now? times then? Yeah. Four or five times I've been there. I think we've been there twice. And I've had a good time every time, so... 100% of the time, it's a good time. 100% of the time, it's a good time. 100% of the time, yes. Nice. Um, there was a cool Jeep upstairs that was some weird special edition. I think the only thing that was like... Is that a, was it a dragon edition? No, it's not. It's definitely not that. I think the only thing in the whole museum that I was like, why is this here? Was um, a Cosworth Vega that was just kind of in eh condition. It wasn't that nice. Cosworth Vegas are awesome. The car is awesome, but like I've seen nicer ones. I that want are, a like, gold local cruise a, a black on gold. That's what it Cosworth was. Vega. Have you seen the dark red ones though? They're way cooler. No. Yeah, it's best color. Black on gold. Dark red over gold nope. is best color. Black on gold. All right, fine. Um, I had something else to go on after that, and now it just gave me. Oh, they also had the first um, clay prototype of the FDRX7, oh. which is really neat painted like a sunburst orange and it actually has um like 91 fc convertible bvs wheels on it oh cool yeah it's a really neat car there was uh speaking of oh and a full-size lego mclaren 720 i can ignore that weird yeah speaking of uh jeeps there was a a vintage uh like army jeep at cars and coffee but it was cool because it wasn't an army jeep it was a navy jeep so it was like a light flat blue yep I was like, that's different, because usually only... Was it chasing Porsches around? No. <laughs> did have a that's, that's what it should be doing. He did have a machine gun mounted to it. <laughs> so that was kind of weird, but whatever. It was cool. But anyway, come to find out, I was talking to you about your flight home, and you had watched the Vannon documentary. I did. On Amazon, and I had watched it like not that long ago. Completely unrelated. Yeah, I think I heard about it on a podcast we both listened to. I don't I remember. I watched I it because I was bored one day. I, I was like, this looks interesting. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember if it was Warren on DWA that mentioned it. And it put it on my radar. I had Somebody s- had watched it and I, talked about it. I had seen it on my recommendations. And then I was like, maybe it was a Sunday afternoon. I was like, yeah. oh, it's got nothing to do. And uh, it's about... Van life. Van life. Yeah. Truck ins. Truck ins. So. Keep on trucking. Yeah. I didn't know that was where that came from. I thought that was like for truckers. So I'm sure you've all seen the sticker um, or the little thing from back in the 70s where it was this like cartoony guy and his like right foot was like cartoonishly way in front of him walking. And, and below it. Thumbs said, up. Yeah. He gave a big thumbs up and below it in like that 70s bubble lettering it says keep on trucking. Yeah, and I that thought that was from like CBs and came like from van, truckers. Came from Van Culture and Hot Rod Magazine. Yeah, so it's a truck in. Yep. Is when a bunch of people get together with their custom vans and they meet up mm-hmm. and they party. Yes. And that's all it is. Yes. And at first I was watching this documentary and I was like, oh, this is kind of making fun of them. But then. Well, the coolest part about it is how they film it because they're not blatantly making fun of them, they're letting them sink their own ship a few times. Yeah, but then they when they start explaining themselves, you're like, all right, I I, I get you, I get you, I understand it. You're just, it's not so much about you enjoy your vans, but it's more like you just want to hang out with your friends. I was like, yeah, all right, fair you enough. You also want to hang out with your friends who have equally questionable taste to you. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not. It's no different than us going to hang out with a bunch of people about '80s or '90s cars. I don't know. It's I not. Feel, I feel it is not much different. So I've never built an '80s or '90s car with the expressed interest of adding jack carpet and bedding, because you can't. I could buy an '80s Listen, or '90s van. And one of the it. guys explicitly explains that, like, yeah, you could have a Chevelle or Camaro, but the interiors aren't big enough. You can't do what you can do in them that right. you do in a van. Which he's implying is things that are not um, family-friendly. Whatever. You can build your whole custom interior. You can have fish bowls. <laughs> you can have carpeted interior and, like, uh, seats and all kinds of wood interior, crazy stuff. Yes. You can't do that in a Camaro. That's true. I mean, you can. Yeah. Just have way less space. And then one guy was explaining how he came back from Vietnam and he wanted to see the country. And the best way to do it was to buy a van mm-hmm. and drive around. And instead of seeing the country, he kept going to the same van in every year for 40 years. So they went, they have vans <laughs> in different parts of the country. But he traveled around and he slept out of his van. I was like, huh, that's, that makes sense. The cool thing was the whole documentary was about one particular van show that's been going on for 40 years. I think it was filmed in 2014. Mm-hmm. So it's a few years old now. Yeah. But they do move it. Around the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually somewhere in the middle of the country, but yes, yeah. it, does, it does move around. If one came local, I would go. Because why not? Yeah. So by the end of the movie, you find yourself being like, you're still kind of like, these guys are interesting, but I kind of want to check this out now. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not my scene at all. No. But I kind of want to check it out. It's kind of, it, it looks like a gathering of the Juggalos, but instead of Juggalos, it's van people. <laughs> I'd rather go to this. No, I would too. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'd go to a gathering of juggalos. Off topic. There's another. Not. There's a yes. documentary about juggalos that I need to watch. Uh, yes, it's it's called American Juggalo. I have seen that. Yeah. It's not. It's uh, not. It's not as lighthearted as this one is. No, but I do yeah. want to watch it because it's crazy. Yes. Um, and then they talk about the two percenters, mm-hmm. which is like a direct kind of. Rip on the motorcycle club culture? Yeah. Who call themselves one percenters because yeah. they consider themselves to be one percent of the population. So apparently there's one national van club. Yep. That was like wanted it to be all family, family friendly so instead of these the debaucherous N- parties of vanning. The and NVSA? Yeah. No, N- NSVA, National yeah. Street Van Association. Yeah. And it was started by people from like Hot Rod Magazine. Yeah. And they like commercialized vanning or trucking as they called it. Yep. And I can attest to this because I've had, since I was a child, my father's collection of Hot Rod magazines Yeah. from, like, 1975 to 1983. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of van stuff in them. And they're talking about it. They're like, yeah, you go to these van ins and you could bring your cash and you could have new wheels and tires mounted on your van and new exhausts and all mm-hmm. this cool stuff. And then after these people kind of split off, that's kind of what killed it off. Yeah, for sure. Because these, there was a bunch of people that just wanted to be in the it to Midwest, party. The Midwest Van Association. Yeah. So what they were saying in the documentary was that when the um, NSVA came out, the National Street Van Association, it was based in California. Yep. And the California van scene was like ultra clean, ultra like super fancy customs and like wild show vans. And then... It was like no partying, no drinking, no... Right. It was very family friendly, like yeah. carnival atmosphere. And then as you got into the Midwest, the vans weren't as fancy. Like they're talking about how, you know, people in the Midwest have to drive through wintertime. Yeah. So they're not going to spend thousands of dollars on paint jobs. Mm-hmm. And the vans weren't as nice. And the parties weren't as family friendly. There was a lot more 
drugs and alcohol and sex and fire. And They'd build a full-blown shantytown for a weekend and yeah. then burn it to the burn ground. Burn it to the ground at the end of the weekend. Yeah. And then he's like, it's cool. We cleaned up after ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Whatever. So anyway, the people in the Midwest Band Association didn't want to be associated with the National Street Van Association because so, they thought it was too commercialized. Yeah. They didn't want to make money with it. He's like, any money we make at our events, we just give to charity. We're not in it for the money. It was too commercial. We just want to party and have a good time. So these people called themselves the two percenters. Yeah. Because they were 2% of van culture. Yeah. So 98% of van culture was cool with the Hot Rod Magazine side of things. And 2% was like, no, man, we want to party. Right. So... Successfully, they shut down the NSVA, and then they're like, "Ah, like now they're yeah. talking about it now." <laughs> Twenty years later, they're like, "Hmm, yeah, maybe we should have let it be a little more commercialized because there's not many of us left." Yeah, there were like five to six thousand vans at a van, a truck in, and now it's like four hundred vans. Yeah, which to me is way more vans than I would think would be there. Yeah, because I don't know anybody personally that's into vans. I mean, I have a camper. Yeah, but it's not like I have van life or like a Volkswagen bus. But that's not what these vans no. are. These vans Different. are like American V8 vans. I get it. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's the closest to a muscle car that you can get. It's a full frame V8 rear wheel drive. Yeah, but then you can just camp in it and drive around. It's the muscle car you can camp in. That one guy had like a 900 horsepower Chevy van. And you're just doing burnouts. It's like a drag van, yeah. Yeah, with hand controls and everything. I think he's using a wheelchair. He's like, yeah. I want something I can fit in. Right. A van. Makes sense. But then, oddly enough, he wasn't driving it when he was doing the burnouts, which I thought was weird. I don't know. However, the one thing I do want to bring up that I thought was hysterical. Yeah. Um, when people are doing burnouts at burnout boxes. Yeah. And the wheels are chalked. Why do people feel the need to stand in front of the vehicle to hold it back? I don't know. Do they really think they're doing anything? I don't know. Because they are definitely not. If that van catches traction, you are getting run the hell over. Which is funny because it was on like a dirt track, so they put like a metal plate down. Yes. It was on very, the sand. Which is also a bad idea because that metal plate's going to go flying out and kill somebody. Oh, it was like a heavy road plate. There are lots of bad ideas going on there. Whatever. It was cool. Nonetheless, I would say recommended. Oh, yeah. It's a very cool watch. Um, it's interesting. You learn a lot about a culture you never knew really existed. Um. Like that one lady, she's like, all four of my kids were conceived in the back of a van. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. I bet they were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said, they give they give the interviewees enough to sync themselves so you get a like, chuckle out of things now and again. But at the same time, you kind of feel what they're putting down. They're genuine. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. I mean, the one guy that was like really into it that's kind of like the head guy. Yep. I mean, he gets it. He looks like a guy who drives a van. But he like he's aware. He's yeah. like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> people aren't really into this, but whatever. Yeah. I just want to come here and drink oh, beer happy. and hang out. And I can't really knock on anybody for being into the vehicle that they're into because I get made fun of on a daily basis for being into weird old seventies. As you cars. should. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me because I don't have them for me. Much like they say in this thing, like I didn't build the van for you. I built the van for me. So, so you do have them for you. You said, I don't have them for me. Sorry, I don't build the van for you. I build the van for me. <laughs> How high is the percentage of this beer, Andrew? I don't know. Probably not very I already high. had a Jack and Coke before I had this beer. Oh, geez. Well, I'm driving, so I only had a beer. It's only 4%. So I can't blame the beer. No. 
Oh, we've had these before. The Blood Orange Wheat. The Jack Abbey's. Jack's Abbey. Yeah. Radler's. It's delicious. I bought beer at your local liquor store, and you don't have much of a selection there, so. Oh, it's cool that they had these, though. Yeah, this is about it. The place right there in the corner. Mm-hmm. This is about it. Speaking of murals on vans, they have cool murals over there. They do. Pull sides of the building have cute mm-hmm. murals. And I keep meaning to park a car there and take some pictures. Yeah, I get to do it on, like, a Sunday morning. I haven't. Any morning before traffic, before sunrise, or All at right. sunrise would be kind of cool. But yes, watch Vannon. What's it called? Vannon. Vannon. All right. Excellent. It's on Amazon? It's on Amazon for free. Well, if, yeah, if you have a Prime If account. you have Prime, yeah, it's streaming. Who doesn't? Uh, and if you don't have that, you can go on, I looked it up, you can go on Vimeo, and you can buy it for probably something cheap to like rent a dollar. it. dollar, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's worth a buck. I watched it on the airplane coming home from California, and it was totally worth it. All right. There's actually a bunch of automotive there is. themed shows on Amazon. Yeah, I got to start watching some um, of them. Some of them are pretty good. I watched one about hot rods. Um, There's one about Lama that I want to watch. It's like okay. a multi part series. I watched one about hot rods. I think it was from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very low budget. The guy's got, you know, no money. He just owns his own shop. And I don't know how he started being filmed, but he started being filmed. And the way he does stuff is like the way. Anybody in the, with no money would be building a car. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I wish I could give you the name of it, but I can't. All right. So before we wrap up here, we're going to bring it back to Craig Don't Tell Me. Oh, you did bring one up? I got three for you. All right. So for those who don't know what Craig Don't Tell Me is, it was, you find that on Craigslist. I read you the description. You got to guess I gotta the guess car. I got to guess the kind of car. Uh, so. Yeah, it's Craig, Craig Don't Tell Me. Craig, Craig Don't Tell Me. Because obviously it's a takeoff from, wait, wait, Don't Tell Me. Old NPR. Current NPR. Yep. Uh, so this, the title of this ad is Just a Nice Car. Price is $1,750. $1,750. Yep. Okay. Uh, great transportation. So where it says the name of the car, it just says Just a Nice Car? Just a Nice Car is All the right. title of the ad. All right. Great transportation. Good looking, reliable car. So much has been done to upkeep and too much to mention here. I mean, you could just type it out. Yeah, too, much, too much to mention this ad. I'm trying to sell you a car. But, but here is a few good tires, exhaust, brakes, and all fluids changed according to schedule. Front stabilizer links, shock struts. I think I'm going to list it anyways. Tie rods, new power <laughs> steering pump. Always starts every time, even in coldest weather. Just pass inspection, ready to go. Again, in Massachusetts, can, doesn't matter if you just pass inspection because you have to get a sticker again. Right, but if you just pass, chances are pretty good you can just pass again. Yeah. So that's why I think they advertise it that way. I mean, there's no clues to what it is. But can you give me a year clue? Like what year range? Maybe is it rad? It's just out of rad for seventeen fifty. So I'm it's gonna go millenni- a millennial car. I'm gonna go with a Dodge Neon. No, it's European for seventeen fifty. Yeah. Oof. Uh, that's an A four. It's not German. Wow, this is a worse and worse decision. <laughs> Every clue I'm getting. It's not German. Not German and European. It narrows it way down. So it's a Jaguar. It's not British. Jesus. Narrows it down some more. It narrows it down too much. For that kind of price range. Seventeen fifty. I'll give you a clue. All right. Born from Jets. Oh, it's a Saab. Yeah. That's too big of a clue. So it's if it's just outside, it's a Saab 9.3. 9.5. 9.5. 9.5 Turbo Aero. That's actually a pretty good deal. 
234,000 miles. Is it a manual? Automatic. All right, they can keep it then. I already have one automatic. <laughs> Just a nice right car. That's awesome. I didn't get that one. Damn it. All right. It need to be more in the description, I think, in order to get them. All right, I get another one. This is the entire, I'm going to read you the entire title to the ad. Okay. Very rear classic car that is due to go up in value every year. $10, parentheses, supercharged only, seventeen fifty built in the, on the last year, close parentheses. MR2. No. Uh, oh, Jesus. It's American, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Monte Carlo. Nope. Funny Grand Prix. Nope. Damn it. You're in the you're in GM though. Buick Regal. Yes. Alright. No, I'm oh, sorry. Right manufacturer. Oh, so the only other one would be the same one as the Pontiac Grand Prix. Um Oh no, the Riviera. Yes. Yes. Awful. So, so it's the same car as the Impala. This is great. So Google this and you will see soon to be classic in six months. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good and it's going to be an expensive car to purchase in a few years. This car is very rare to find. It is in very nice shape with the supercharged engine. Runs great and looks very nice for its age. Has every option with heated leather seats and power moonroof. Was top of the line in its day. If you're interested, blah, blah, blah. Looks very nice for its age, which you can read. Oh. <clears throat> Asking 10000 or best offer. A oh, trade equal, How yeah. many miles are on it? Please no lowball offers or junks. How many miles are on it? Best Buick Riviera ever built. Um, it says 113. It's got to be 113,000. Right. So anything that says uh, in good condition for a year means it's exactly as worn out as you'd expect it to be for the year that it is. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> So is it cream colored or green? Black. Oh, wow. I mean, if it was like, if this was like a $2,000 car. Yes. This is a car you roll up in like Radwood with. Not this for 10 grand. Not for ten grand. No, this car's never going to be worth ten grand. No. I don't well, care. Well, I mean, in six months it might be. Oh yeah, when it it's just going to keep going. When it turns into a classic. All right. I assume he means it's going to be nineteen years old in six months. What year is maybe. it? Maybe. Oh, maybe that's what he means. All right. Now this is the hardest one. Those other two are hard too, but no, this is uh, I I can't read the description because it'll give away what it is, but I'll or the title, but I'll give you the description. Okay. Run God. <laughs> Corolla. <laughs> You'll never get it. It's European. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, You'll never get it. Is that all it says? Yeah. Oh, you can't. This isn't a good game. No. That's why I did it last, because it's a terrible one. That's a terrible one. What? It's an 89 BMW 3 Series. I but mean, that's all it says is, this is the title, 1989 BMW, $6,000. Run God. Run God. One picture <laughs> of an of a white E30. Does it even look? From the nose. Does it even look local? It does look... Or does it look scammy? It, uh, I, you Are can't, we being Craigslist you, scammed? You can't even tell. Okay. Well, does it have a mass inspection sticker? Uh, Yeah, it looks like it does. Oh, okay. So that's probably legit. Yeah, I think so. And it runs God, so runs, I'm buying it. Runs God. I mean, six grand is a good deal now for a clean E30. I mean, as long as it runs Especially God. Especially one that runs God. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't like those ones. Maybe we'll have to bring this game back. We'll have to, but with a little more time and research adapted to it so that it uh, works a little better. I thought it worked well. It did. But Give us some feedback. I really, didn't, I really didn't have much of a chance to guess things because they were too too vague. Send us some, 
and we'll guess. There you them. go. And I'll have Brad guess them. That that I like. Yeah. Even if you're just like screen captures because Craigslist disappears they or whatever. Quickly. We'll do that. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me, Race and Anger, on Instagram. Go check out uh, Gearhead. Uh, sorry, Gearbox Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gearhead Project. And Gear- the Gearhead Project. Is that was called. Yep. Yeah. And um, where can they find you, Brad? Uh, TSI SS350. Can I play this game with you before we go? What's this? Oh, you're gonna play Craig. Craig, don't tell me. All right, I'm gonna read the description. One last one. One last one. Last rallied at New England Forest Rally last year. Oh God! Made it through like a champ. It's the Subaru XT. Oh, you know that already. It's not an XT though. Actually, it's not Rex. Oh well, I knew it was the Subaru. Probably you've seen the ad. Yes. All right, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess was like, oh that shit, the logbook blue. rally car. That'll be a perfect Craig. Craig, don't tell me. He was like, no, I saw the ad. <laughs> womp womp. Where's you, where's my sound effect? You win the game. <laughs> you win the game. <laughs> All right. Keep cars analog and aim for the roses.